welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, everyone. Hi. We're back again for another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. We are. We're in season two. And I love season of autumn. Speaking yes. of seasons, it's my favorite. I'm just always happy. Really? Yeah. I love these these chillier mornings and chillier nights and I like turning the lamps on at home at about 4.30 in the afternoon and I like putting the slow cooker on before I go to work and I come home and the house smells all yummy and True that. I just like it. Yeah. I like snuggles. Yeah. I like it. I like flannelette sheets. Yes. Yes. Soft. Yes. Like a little nest. Yes. Maya just got a brand new Duna and Duna cover for her birthday, and it's still really poofy. Yep. It's like she's enveloped in a cloud whenever she sleeps. It's super snuggy. Aww. Love it. Mm. Yeah, sun's shining. We're back again in your ears. Holes. I was, holes. I was about to say ear holes. <laughs> but then you you know, I like, like it. You're about to vomit. It's so awesome, <laughs> but you said it. Anyway, that's us. That's us. And today we're going to talk a little, we're going to riff around a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover, um, for those people that are wondering, where have all my friends gone? <laughs> or, um, you know, just as you're developing your life in spirituality and you're learning to see things from a different way, you might find that the people around you are, are changing or oh, not literally changing, but the people that you've been spending lots of time around, you might choose to not spend as much time around them anymore, that sort of thing. Um, what else? Mm, and the other day I put a call out for people on our social media to suggest anything that they wanted us to talk about, and we yes. had lots of suggestions. Um, and one of them was to talk about addictions specific to alcohol, yeah. Um, and so I think we might tie that in a little bit today as well um, yes. because, um, sp- I mean, it's a big topic, yeah. uh, but spirituality and addictions, and I can only really speak f- to and from my experience with addictions through alcoholism and drug addiction. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I have an addictive personality anyway, but anyway, Um how spirituality and and dealing with your spiritual shit essentially um, changes that and allows you to heal and gives you hope in places and spaces that sometimes you don't have hope in around addictions. But that goes hand in hand, I guess, with um, like friends and losing them or changing them and, and those kinds of things too because quite often we're around people who are like us when we're in our addictions. Which is not necessarily helpful or where you need no, it's to be. No, Yeah. Um, but you know, like I always, cause I, I blend so much practical psychology with spirituality. Like that's just how I roll. Yeah. Um, the, you know, that quote where they say, you know, you're the average of the five people that you spend time with. Yes. Uh, that is, that could be not more true. Like it, it's literally so true, but it, you're also the average of the five things that you talk about, the five things that you read, the five things that you listen to, the five things that you eat, the five things that you do, you know, you're, you're yeah. the average of everything that you are and everything that you do. And so when you start to up your average, yeah, um, then everything starts to up its average as well. When and you choose your priorities and change them. Yeah. 
and it's a frequency thing too when we yep. get to the you know that's the psychology side of it but then in a nutshell but then when we get to the energetic side of it um the science side of it you know like as you're uh not um partaking in uh, the average that you used to be in, whether it was the people that you hung out with, the things that you talked about and the behaviours that you did, whether it was drugs or alcohol or whatever it was, um, as that starts to change, everything, all your frequencies start to raise. And if you're the one that's changing the people around you usually or the places or the things around you, it's much harder for them to change as quickly. And so there's usually that... Um, that kind of six months to a year of this weird changeover of people and it can get a bit quiet. And that's the other thing too, you know, like if you've read the book, um, Who the Fuck Am I? It talks about there in The Purge and how things can get really quiet and it can be really lonely when you're doing it from a spiritual perspective. I mean, it can be lonely when you're dealing with addictions and going into recovery uh, anyway, but when you're doing it spiritually, um, just like if you were not doing addictions but doing spirituality, um, things can get quiet. It can get it can get lonely. But that's the changing of the guard. It's just that it's that three a.m. time. It's a it's, natural process. It is to go and, through and not skirt around. And it's a process that seem like it signifies change. It, it shows you like if that's happening, it yeah. shows you that things are changing, and yeah. so that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, it can be scary uh, because it is lonely, and that loneliness—if it's something that you struggle with in your life—if if being lonely or still lumping that into rejection, then um, that can be a trigger for you to just go back to old ways because it's just too hard. That fear is too great. It's like a little test of where you're at and willpower and, and focus too and truly what your intention is and what you're ready for yeah yeah because like if you if I always say to people like if you really want something you'll do it you'll get it if you want it you'll find a way and if you don't want it yeah. then you'll find a way not to do it or you'll find excuses it's testing your faith as well like it really absolutely is. yeah and realizing as well you know that it's not gonna you're not you're not gonna have the whole faith straight away it's no. something that you build. It's like a muscle. Little steps. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I find it interesting and really lovely the amount of listeners that get in touch saying, thank you so much for even making this podcast a thing. I've been wondering about these things or I've been thinking about these things and it's so nice to find a place where you're answering all the topics and things I've always wanted to know so this is definitely one that goes out to all you lovely listeners who are going through it no doubt on some varying levels and and hopefully it's going to provide you with a little bit of comfort to know that this is normal and natural and everyone like it's a thing it's such a thing that things become quiet um when you you know, are able to step back and have a look at who's around you and and why they're there and how you feel about it and, you, have, you know, you make a choice as to whether you want to continue that or distance yourself maybe a little bit for a while while you're working on yourself and that's okay too. Yeah, for sure. And spirituality is such a sacred, um, a sacred journey and 
um, without sounding too cliche. Uh, <laughs> I love when you cliche my yourself. My own eyes rolled off their head just then. It's, so, it's sometimes uh, necessary to use these cliches. I love quotes, don't like cliches. <laughs> um, but your, you know, your your relationship with yourself and your spiritual relationship, uh, they're not something to share with the world. It's, it's not something that... Um, you have to share like what you ate for dinner last night or what you bought at the shops or where you're going for your holiday. It's, it's not something that anyone really needs to know about. And it can sometimes feel like, um, you're not being authentic when you're in a space where, um, you know, that deep down inside you're doing work or you're doing changes or you've got intentions and you're learning new things, but then be in a space where you're with all your friends and your family or people that you would usually hang out with and not sharing it with them. It's kind of, it's just like, but this is who I am and I want to share who I am. And, and, um, I want to talk about what I'm doing because I love it and I'm excited. That's the, that's the awareness of this isn't for anyone, it's for you. And I, and I understand that it's something that people want to talk about and share. But at that point, it's still, um, the focus still isn't clear enough where you're, you're doing, you're not doing it for approval and, and subconsciously it's sitting there still and maybe even a bit consciously where you need some validation and you need some support and you want to be just like, I know like from when I was younger, I remember just like I was, I just talked all the time because I hated silence and I also just wanted to have something to talk about, you know, like I just talk about shit. It's just just because it's just, it's awkward when people aren't talking. And so like, if I, if something was happening in my life, then I'd be talking about it because Mm -hmm. like, it's better than sitting there not talking. Uh, And so it's like filling that space or filling that silence and, as you start to get, I think it comes with maturity, like not just spiritual maturity, but age maturity as well. You just realize that you don't need to fill those voids and you don't need to share everything and you don't need to tell people everything that you're doing. And no one cares. (laughs) It's very rare that people actually care because they're too busy focusing on themselves and their own shit show or whatever they're doing. I love that reminder. The older you get, the more you realize that nothing's about you. Like you spend your younger years thinking what people, you know, worrying about what people are thinking about you and what they must think of you. And you're like, you realize when you get older, no one's thinking about you. No. And everyone's thinking about themselves. themselves. Yeah. Mm. But in the way that I need approval, or what are they thinking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone's thinking the same thing, which means no one's thinking about the other person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just telling people what they want to hear. And so with spirituality, you know, when it comes down to friends, um, for me, my my journey coincided with my addictions um, and breaking free from that with my spirituality. You know, that was my way through my addiction. Yeah. It was Uh, also your wake-up call too. It was. One of your biggest ones. 100%. Yeah. Um, So... You know, I can talk specifically about that, but I realize that not everyone has that. You know, you don't have that. Your <laughs> your your journey with spirituality and your um you're going deeper with it and exploring it for you and what works with you and and where you go with the wind and the ocean and and where it takes you. Um, that's got really nothing to do with my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and and that's where it comes down to that. No journeys are going to look the same. 
uh, and it comes down to acceptance. But you've got to accept your own journey first before you can accept others because otherwise you're still conditional and still judging it. So for me, um, my friends did change when, when all that was happening because every other day I'd be finding a way to drink, you know, or I every other weekend I'd be finding a way to get a babysitter and go out and, and not remember coming home. And, um, you know, it, it was a very different way of being. And when, when I got arrested drink driving, I went so- sober like overnight, like that was it. I stopped drinking and, um, that's what it took for you. Yeah, it did. It really did. Um, and it was a, it was like a trauma that that day was a trauma that, that shifted something. Um, and it, my friendships changed almost immediately from that day because, um, all of like, we, we had like a fairly, a fairly, uh, active social life. Uh, and we had a huge group of friends and couples like husbands and wives. We'd always go out nearly every weekend, sometimes more than once. Wow. Um, and, um, just because I've had these epiphanies and these moments and, and I kept it a secret too. No one knew that I'd been arrested. Um, I kept it a secret for about six months. No one knew. Um, and so all of a sudden just saying, no, I'm not coming out this weekend. No, I'm not coming out this weekend. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Um, it became from their perspective without knowing what's going on. I'm now a different person. I've changed. And yeah, I had, but they hadn't changed and they stayed the same and that's totally fine. No judgment. But the fact of the matter is that the people that my average people, I was not I didn't belong in you there anymore. anymore. No, and it didn't doesn't mean that I'm better than or, you know, just greater than or yeah. higher than or more than. Mm-hmm. Um, I just snapped out of it, of why I was in that situation yeah. because they weren't in that situation for the same reason I was. You just chose a different path for yourself. I did. Yeah. Uh, and so I wasn't being truthful, um, but I wasn't being deceitful. I was just protecting my journey uh, because I needed to because I was very vulnerable and very volatile. Yeah, you were um, figuring it all out for yourself. Yeah, it was a very intro, yeah. internal yeah. journey. Even from my husband, you know, even from Matt, you mm. know, we, we were at the worst stage of our marriage at that point. Um, and so for me that that six to nine months um, was... was um, make or break essentially. And I knew it, there was something inside of me that just knew that this is, it's, it's go time. It's now or never. And that's common, isn't it? For, for that stage to be all the introspective, all the inner works. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, that's something that stays with you as well, though, as you move, it becomes something that you want to protect and you don't want anyone to have an opinion of Yeah, because it's not because you don't want them to have an opinion, but because, you don't, it doesn't need an opinion. You don't need it. It's for you. Yeah. You've given yourself the permission to do the groundwork and lay the healthy foundations, hopefully. Yeah. That and, you draw back to. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just coming back to um, finding that authenticity because um, I never had it. And so it, it was unearthing it, finding it, awakening to it. Yeah. Um, and for me with the alcoholism, uh, I think that, you know, I talk about leverage a lot in, in my practice. Um, 
and finding people's leverage. So, you know, like being a mum, being a wife, having a job, it wasn't enough leverage for me to give up the alcohol. Um, it wasn't enough for me to stop drinking. It actually made me want to drink more. Um, and also knowing that I was a very manipulative um person. I wasn't opportunistic. I was just, I know that I was very manipulative because I had secrets to hide and I'd become like an expert, basically a professional secret hider keeper. Yep. Um, and one of those things was my alcoholism, you know, like on any given weekend, you would just see me along with everyone else, but through the week that still existed. Um, and so being able to recognize that there were all these parts of me that was like a stranger or that people that I was protecting with inside myself um, and make friends with those those versions of me, um, I could only do it when I was sober. I couldn't do it when I was drinking. Uh, and I could only do that holding the hand with spirituality. So, and, and that didn't come from going to a church or a place of worship. It didn't come from going and speaking to a therapist because I'd done that and it hadn't worked. It came from um, prayer and it came from meditation and it came from ritual um, and it came from journaling. Uh, and it just came from sitting still with myself and um, acknowledging and forgiving and showing compassion, which I'd never done to myself ever. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. For, for anyone, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Certainly for me too. And I didn't go to, you know, to the places you had come from, but to give myself acceptance and self-compassion. Yeah. It's hard for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is that stage where, you know, like with addictions, especially, um, you know, like, I don't know if I've spoken about this before. I don't think that I have on the podcast where, um, I use this uh, analogy sometimes with some of my my um, clients where, you know, if you're in like a pool and when you were little and you would go around and around and around, you create a whirlpool mm -hmm. and it would be really strong, strong enough that you could just float and you would be taken around mm -hmm. a couple of times before it would start to slow down. And those things can be quite strong, but not one part of you in that is afraid mm -hmm. and then the funnest part is stopping and turning around and pushing the other way and, and trying to get the tide to turn. And not one part of you as a child stops pushing against that water because every part of you knows that if you just keep pushing that eventually it's going to get easier and you're going to have the tide turn and then eventually you're going to be able to float and you're going to be floating in the opposite direction. And it's fun and it's playful and it's you. It's not easy but that pushback is is not you're not afraid of it it's just a pushback and that there is no uh fear and mm. there is no negative attached to it because you know the benefit of it you keep pushing and then it gets easier yeah, yeah. and so with addiction i found that for me that pushback when when you decide to turn around and if you go to a rehab facility or you go into you know therapy or something um it, and it's that time where if you're in that pool, that day that you rock up to that, that facility, that's, or the day that you decide to go cold turkey or chuck all the pills down the, the drain or tip the alcohol out or whatever, or, you know, throw the cigarettes in the bin. The day that you decide to do that is the day that you turn around and start walking in the opposite direction in that whirlpool. And the first thing that you're hit with is this brick fucking wall. That's just like, bam. And if you're not, if you're not got your legs you know, steadied and readied and you're not leaning forward and bracing yourself for that 
brick wall of water mm, to hit you, leaning into it. Yeah, then then it's usually going to knock you straight over, and you maybe get to the end of the day before you just go, oh, "Fuck it, it's too hard." Oh, and, and we could be talking about food as well. You know, like there's lots yep. of addictions that I deal with around this because it's the same thing. It's all just it's a mental addiction. and emotional. Yeah, yeah, it's just addiction. Yeah, because I was addicted to many things, not just alcohol and drugs. You know, addicted to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and when when you Usually, though, when you when you turn around, you've got that kind of that um, the 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 will or the determination or at least the the fight in you um, to be able to handle that brick wall in that first day or so. Um, you may even have done it before, so you kind of know that if I can get to day three, then at least the worst of it's over, and then it's just uphill after that for a while if you've done it before, like I had. And so I was aware of all of this stuff and I kind of knew what was coming, which sucked. But at the same time, it's like, I know how to brace myself, but it's, it's not that first wave that usually hits you or that first brick wall that hits you. It's the space between how long it takes for that tide to turn when you're still walking through that water and it takes you a whole lap of that fucking pool Mm -hmm. before you start to notice that the water becomes still almost and then it starts to follow you behind you and you're creating it that swell and that wave and that pressure and that force it's not until that point that it actually starts to feel like you've got some kind of momentum in the right direction and that point is is when you hit that it's it that's when you've got and you're moving to a new town, you know, you're moving to a place. That's the lonely place. That's the place where you get, where you feel awesome, but no one around you is there to celebrate you. No one around there is someone that recognizes you anymore. No one around you is someone that you're even comfortable even saying hi to because you're a new person. But that space that, that exists before we get to that point and, and from when we've turned around and hit that wall, that's the space where addiction has got you. And in that space, I had done all the work that um, psychology says to do, the doctors say to do, but I hadn't done any of the spiritual work. And so it wasn't until I applied everything that I'd already learned along with the spiritual stuff that allowed me to get through it and stay out of it. Yeah. Um, and if you apply that spiritual stuff in in that 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 one lap of the pool, if you apply that in there, that's how you get your faith so that when you come out and then you're, you're causing the tide and you've got the momentum where you can almost lift your feet up a little bit and be carried just a little bit and then put your feet down and run again and then carry a little bit more before you can be floating a few laps around without even thinking about it and just taking in what the sky has to offer and, and being playful again. Until you get to until you get to that point, the the bit where you've got to you know flintstone it and put your feet down and run a little bit, that's when you've got to be kind to yourself and compassionate to discover yeah. these new things, these new people, and put yourself out there. But also recognize too that at that point, if you've done it spiritually and you've done it through faith, the people will be brought to you. Mm-hmm. There there is no searching, there is no validation required, there is no going out and needing to make it happen the universe provides for you because it's there all along. You're just arriving at that divine time to receive it. And that's something usually that people with addictions, 
um, of any kind, whether it is addictions with their with self worth, you know, and, and emotional addictions or whatever mental addictions, whatever it is, it's something that most people that experience addictions or even depression um limiting beliefs yeah yeah well but extra limiting beliefs so you know like to the point where it's quite controlling yeah um most of us don't have never experienced what it feels like to be there and usually that's when the self-worth kicks in it's just like oh my god all the imposter syndrome and things like that um but usually at that point the people that are there that come to you they know because they are usually quite unconditional, not not much judgment. You've upped your average. These people talk about rituals. These people talk about their successes in their life and their abundance. They talk about playful things. They talk about support and love and compassion and kindness. They don't talk about the things that the people that used to go in the opposite direction talked about. Yeah, the sort of, you know, a bit of a guide in various ways yeah you can pick some tools to use and try and yeah get on with it Mm. and so that that distance between you know the turning around and and pushing in that opposite direction and bracing yourself that distance is um is where uh the friends usually drop off quite quickly um, and you, you don't go to the places that you used to go anymore. You don't wear the same clothes you used to wear. You don't drink the same things you used to drink or talk about the same things that you used to talk about. Um, and think the things you used to think. No. We're sounding like Dr. Zeus now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the places you'll go. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, um, that's what you're letting go of as well. Like you're letting go of that baggage so that you can start to travel lighter and you're letting go of, um, those parts of your personality of who you are that have supported you to get to that point. And now they can't come along for the ride. They're not part of your average anymore either. And they have to go. Yeah. But what we usually try and do is we try and make them go through shame or guilt or destruction or repression and suppression, um, or burn them away. But that's not the, that's not the part of it either. The actual part of it is to love it and to accept them in and to hold them and to embrace them and to thank them and to love them and to give them compassion and forgiveness. And, um, just, uh, knowing that, that, that makes up the richness of you. It's, it's your layers. It's, and eventually you can float with them. It's got you to where you are. Correct. How can you not show that appreciation when you can see it from that way? Yeah. When you're able to see it from that way, mm-hmm. you throw love at that, at you yourself. Too. Yeah. Like I, I honestly could not love myself more Yeah. than every day, every day that I show up yeah. in my sobriety against addiction yeah um because i feel like i'm a sober addict that that would probably be the best way that i could describe it yeah um because um i had an addiction of choice because it was cheap and easy and readily available Mm. but i i was addicted to everything and anything that i could get my hands on you know like at one point i got addicted to decorating my house wow addicted to buying things addicted to you know um Like I've been addicted to the most random things. To negative coping mechanisms. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything that you can get addicted to. It distracts you from actually going where you need to go. Yeah. And when you've got a brain like mine that is a little bit 
different. Um, different. There's lots. Of, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Yes. There's um, and and many people out there with depression, mental health, or addictions will understand this. Um, there are lots of open doors in those in that brain that need to be filled. Like you need to appease lots of open doors inside your mind. There's tabs open. They're open. And yeah. so you have to keep them all going to keep them happy. Otherwise, one of them will get louder and more vivid and yeah. and it will take over. And it's really hard for the others in there to be able to keep up. I sound schizophrenic and it kind of is a little bit well, how like do that. You, yeah, how do you not be a slave to those tabs, I suppose, just by consciously knowing that they're there to begin with and knowing what is real and right well, and unfortunately, with How? addictions and depression, a lot of those um, are only there because of the addictions yeah. and the and the mental health. So when you start to uh, take away the addiction, whatever it is, substance or whatever it is that you're addicted to, a lot of those tabs close. Yeah. And then the ones that are left are the ones that are the deepest because they're not on the surface. They're the ones that those tabs with the addictions were keeping closed. Like that, they, they, they were the ones that were there because of the other ones. Yeah. They were the ones that were easier to um, to manage or to maintain because we knew how to handle it and it was that better the devil you know kind of situation. Um, so when you get to the tabs that have been open since day dot that have got lots of cookies collected and, yes. and they've been using lots of your data, they're the ones that are the hardest and that's where for me the spirituality came in yeah. to, to, to look at those open tabs and just go, okay, now let's look at these in a way that we'd never looked at them before. Yeah. Cause it can be heavy, heavy shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and the people that were around me and like, I can only speak for myself obviously, but the yeah. people that were around me weren't the same as me. They didn't have the tabs open that I had open and they weren't hiding them. You know, some of them did in, in their own way Yeah. Um, and they're still dealing with that and that's their journey and that's fine. And there's no judgment. It's just love. Yeah. But, um, for me, I couldn't talk about those because I hadn't talked about them to myself yet to even know what to say. And the threat of going back into an addiction um, was too present if if I was to open it up to be vulnerable to others. And that's where you get quiet and it needs to be conversations with me, myself and I. Um, and it needs to be something that you look at in a way that um, that's just that's the most real that you can get at that point because the hardest part of it is to know that you're full of shit. That, that, that's the hardest day. Yep. But it's also the most liberating of the day. Yes. Where the you can just, and then the... <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wow. Like I had a client here who's been a client for a few years now and she, um, it's usually over Zoom. Yeah. But she came up the other day and <laughs> um, I sat here and I basically said to her, you are toxic. You're a very, very toxic person. And I know that that stung her, but at the same time, she was really fucking thankful that I said it. And we talked about that afterwards. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not just going to. a truth bomb. It was a truth bomb. Yeah. Um, but she got it. Yeah. And no one ever was going to tell her that, especially herself. Yeah. And you don't come here. She would have been told in the best environment too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, straight no, after that, no I was judgment. like, I love you. Yeah. 
And we hugged. And this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going <laughs> to yeah. do about it. Yeah. But you've got to do it. Yes. I can show yeah. you the way, but you have to walk it. Well, she clearly wants to because she's here. She would be here. Yeah. Correct. You just dig and dig and dig and dig sometimes yeah. before you look up and go, I'm in a fucking big hole here. Mm-hmm. And I can't determine people's timeline. No. I can only trust that because they're here, spirit is making this a stop on the way because yep. they're doing something that's graceful, something that's earning them some some more pieces of the puzzle to land and then to let them go off. And I'm not with everybody every day. That She's got to go off and do her life for a little while longer before she comes back and understands it. And, you know, now having been doing this for quite a while, like there are people who I hear from years ago who will send me emails and say, well, you did tell me, but obviously I wasn't ready to hear it. But now it's played out exactly like you said. And I, I love that I hear that, but I don't need that validation. I don't need any of that, but they need to do it because it's them having that realization that, ah, yeah. if I'm going to seek the advice, then it, I have to trust that, yeah. that it's coming. But when, when you, when you can look at yourself with in truth and just be like, you know what? Yes, I am an alcoholic, uh, but I'm, I'm a high functioning alcoholic, you know, like I, I don't look like an alcoholic. I don't smell like an alcoholic. I don't talk like an alcoholic. I don't, I'm not a drunk, but then when spirit turns around and just goes, shut up, you're an alcoholic. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, okay. And so instead of going, I'm an alcoholic, but But. I'm an alcoholic, but I'm not a drunk. I'm an alcoholic, but this. Mm. And instead of when you can get to the point where you can just go, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. It's like sobering, excuse the pun. Yeah. But it's just like, okay, all right. I'm not better than anyone. No. I'm not different. Yeah. I am an alcoholic and I now have a problem. Yeah. And when you can get, that's, that's the brick wall. That's turning around and yes. being hit with that wall of water. Talking about that brick wall. It's probably a good idea to not turn around and face that brick wall without saying to yourself first, okay, I'm ready to turn around and face that brick wall. A little bit of prep Sometimes. before you smash yourself. For me, I didn't have that prep. Not everybody would have it. For me, up until that point, previously when I'd had prep, it didn't work. Yeah. I did myself over. Because that I can was... be tricky, can't it, to all of a sudden be smacked in the face with the truth. Mm-hmm. But some people who yeah. the leverage, like mm, I was talking about earlier, yeah. if if you if leverage that would work for most people isn't working for you, yeah. then you need to turn around with no prep and be smacked. <laughs> and that's that's who I like working with. That's I when really you like viral sometimes though too, because sometimes you're not always going to find someone like you. Mm. Absolutely. Or anyone else. Which know, is why I don't seek mainstream. them. Yeah. I just trust that the universe will bring them here if yep. the, if that's if I'm who they need to do it my way, because it's a very specific, <laughs> harsh way before it becomes soft and compassionate and Tough supple love. and, and yep. all of that loveliness, before it becomes that, it is hello. Yep. I see you and you <laughs> can't get hide. To work. <laughs> yeah. Like I can see every part of you. You yeah. can't deny it. And if you say otherwise, I'm going to call you until yeah. we agree. Yep. Yeah. 
And that's not Tracy. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> that's just me understanding it from yep. a spiritual perspective. I'm, I'm not sorry about it because I know that your guides brought you here or your people in spirit, your loved ones, they brought you here because yep. they know that this is what you need. Mm-hmm. And there's not much I can do about that. Like, Well, you're showing up and they're showing up and then you just take it from there, I suppose. That's isn't it. it. And you just have to trust that the, those bombs, those truth bombs and that brick wall, because I'm often the brick wall that most people get, yep. um, that, that they then have the rest of their spirit and yep. their relationship and their guides show up for them to keep that momentum um, if I don't. You know, a lot of people choose yeah. to do that with me. And, and I love that. You know, mm. it's such a powerful journey. And they all go through that stage of leaving jobs, relationships, friends. Yeah. They go through that and you've got to be prepared for it. Um, and it's not often that relationships will last, marriages even. It's not often that they last through those things. Yeah. Um, because the person that you chose when you were a certain person, you're not that person anymore. And those people don't change, you're changing and and sometimes they can't accept that and you're not filling that void anymore and energetically those energies don't play like they used to um, and that's part of it and it's mm-hmm. tough. But um, there are also cases where the marriage is like mine and Matt's where it gets absolutely stronger and that's something that happens too that I see as well. Yep. Uh, and it's not up to me to decide. No. It's just the journey and how it plays out. But... um. Yeah, when when friends change, it can be tough, especially if it's lifelong friends or school friends or mother's group friends, people that it's like a breakup. It's like people that have been there with you for such a long period of time or people that have gone through quite significant things in your lives and moments and memories and birthdays and memories, those kinds of things. It's hard to break up with it. But at the same time, when you've actually done it, you're not breaking up with them. Like you hold them with so much love. And, yeah, um, just more at a distance really yeah you just don't need to be a part of each other's energy anymore yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it sometimes when that happens and you just I don't know go to meet up with someone and you've got nothing to talk about yeah it's a little bit awkward it is yeah but but that's okay people grow we're here to grow and evolve and um be able to then just move on to be like wow like isn't that great that our souls came together and experienced what they need to experience? And now I just get to witness the continued journey that you have on yeah. in this human experience until we meet again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be the end of the world. No. Yeah. And it's beautiful. You know, like we had um, one of our beautiful listeners and a client of mine and a gorgeous, gorgeous girl messaged me over the weekend and let me know that her beautiful grand had passed away. Yeah. Um, and she thanked us because the work that um, she's done on herself through finding the podcast way back when. Um, she must have been right from the beginning, I yeah, think. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, she's like, if, if, if I hadn't have done this and if I hadn't have found this, then I don't think that I would be able to hold the experience, the same. She's only young, she's only 20. So for to her to hold wow. that experience. Old soul. Oh, very much so. Um, but, you know, to see that that if you do get in touch with this, then, then the pain of life just isn't so vivid. It's not so painful. No. I was listening to a podcast, of course, <laughs> and it was about a very, very different subject, but it was a, um, a filmmaker and a story writer and, you know, a real creative 
artist and he was he ended up doing like a documentary on his relationship and mm. it wasn't like the, obviously he didn't foresee a breakup at the end but that's what happened because and, of the documentary um I, I suppose it had part and parcel to do with it but he said he was in two minds about it because he had such intense pain and it was a traumatic time in his life but then the creative side of his brain was like keep filming this because this will make really good <laughs> like this is really good like that pain it's so it's so real but it's so beautiful as well yeah. And so when, you, when you're able to see life play out like that too, yeah, sometimes it really sucks, but it's all just building your story. It's all what you do from there. Like what's the next chapter going to be? It's not always grand, but it's always, you know, weaving part of that tapestry that's yeah. that's your story. It's, it's your, your human picture. experience. It's your yeah. life. But I found that analogy when he was talking about the two sides of, you know, how he was seeing what he was going through. He was really feeling that intense pain. But the other side, he could see how it was playing out at the same time mm. and feeling it rather than getting lost in the the victim side of things and just getting lost in that pain. He could see the pain and other things, not just the pain. Yeah, he, he could separate himself yeah. to, to watch it Just and observe it, it as yeah. opposed to be in it and yeah. not see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's um it's a it's a really cool perspective. Yeah. Um like I feel like that's my perspective on most things. Yes. But there's more than one view usually. There's <laughs> usually a few more. <laughs> You've shown a few different perspectives. Yeah. Um but that comes down to it as well. Like I'm really glad that you talked about that because it comes down to um, like the universe will always give you um, opportunities to to expand, um, and you might be naive into thinking what the opportunity is instead. So, like he would have thought this is an opportunity to make a documentary, but really the universe was giving it to him as an opportunity for his expansion through his marriage or out of his marriage and yeah. for his partner. Um, but often as well, like people don't understand that the ingredients that you give the universe is is all the universe can give you to play out your life. So if you're giving, if you're giving, if the ingredients you're giving your, the universe are your friends or your love, your relationship, your marriage, your job, your health, your, I don't know, your addictions, your mental health, whatever it is, whatever you give the universe, the universe can only use that to write your story. You know, like it's, it's, it's like you're giving the universe all of the information and it has to spit a story out for you. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to give the universe something like a documentary, <laughs> then the universe is going to use that in a profound way because it's a profound thing. So like a documentary is not like um, doing a doodle on a notepad. Yeah. And so because it's quite a profound investment of energy and time and, and headspace and, and emotion and it's all of him in that documentary, then the universe is going to spit something out that's going to be all of you. Yep. True. Yeah. Which is why when people do like the um, manifesting, that's why it's got to have all of you involved so the universe can spit something out that's all of you rather mm -hmm. than just part of you. Yeah. Otherwise, there's something missing, obviously, missing. that goes without saying. But, yeah. There's an ingredient missing. There's a big void. So the cake that you get's not edible. No. It's missing all the sweet stuff. Mm. 
Mm. Or maybe it's flat, it didn't rise. You used the wrong flour. Oh. Oh. One time <laughs> we cooked a cake. At band camp. With, I think it was my dad. It was my nan's recipe. But he accidentally swapped the quantities of sugar and bicarb soda around and the cake blew up in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and he rang my nan. He's like, this oh, recipe I love that. is ridiculous. The cake just blew exploded. up. And I was like, what did you do? I love that. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, one time when I was young, I made we made cookies at school, Anzac cookies, and so I came home and I was excited. And my mum let my mum liked likes uh, to bake. Yeah. Um, and so I came home with the tap with the school recipe for Anzac biscuits, and I made them and then took them out to the street and handed them out to everyone. I was so proud, <laughs> but I had accidentally put the quantity of salt in that was oh. meant for sugar and oh. the quantity of sugar for salt. And so I hadn't tried one and everyone was eating them and ringing my mom. <laughs> <laughs> really? Ringing her? <laughs> on the house phone attached to the wall. Remember um, those? <laughs> yep. And I've never lived that down. Oh. So don't mix salt and sugar. And it's such a, like, a potent lesson as well in terms of, like, salt can look like sugar and sugar can look like salt. Ooh. It can also look like cocaine. Goodness me. <laughs> I made that mistake once too. Oh my god! This is the uh, episode for it. This is the addictions. But um, yeah, I think um, I think that you know there is there is um, it's a big topic to talk about, especially um, for me and and how much I help people with addictions, and it is a huge part of my job now, which has kind of happened almost organically and just um, beautifully accidentally. It's been a beautiful accident kind of thing. Um, oh, I can just smell really strong salt all of a sudden. Can you? Yeah, it's just got like it's, it's like I'm under the ocean. Cookies. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think you know as much as they intertwine. Um, if we were just to just to sort of steer away from the addictions things and just go to more towards how spirituality affects friendships and and things like that, um, there are things to know about um, when you kind of get to where not where I'm at, because that sounds really wanky, but when you get to the part where spirituality is such a huge part of your life and it is basically, um, it becomes like who you are essentially. Um, um, we, we, we tend to become almost, um, separate. It's kind of like, um, Unless you go and seek, for example, we're going to go with beautiful Shannon down to her um, Samhain ceremony that she's doing. Unless you seek those situations, a lot of the time people who are into their spirituality that isn't an organized religion, it's just, it's who we are in our life. And it's just, if, if, if I am who I am, you who you are who you are, it's not a conversation. It's just everyday practice. It's just who we are. Yeah. And so you just start to navigate towards people who are basically how I see it is authentic mm. because yeah. I have l- no, not a lot. That was probably, I couldn't get, get that word out. Like it's like, <laughs> l- 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 it was like universe is like, you're going to be lying. Don't you be lying. <laughs> it's not a lot. I have a few um, people in my life who are actually authentic to themselves Yeah, and they're not spiritually inclined. Yeah. You know, they're not like me. But, but they're still authentic. But they're authentic. To themselves. Correct. Yeah. That's that inner 
you know. The inside and the outside of the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And I love those people. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we don't have anything in common apart from that. But I love watching them and being someone who gets to celebrate that for them and to energetic thing yeah it's giving me goosebumps because i love hanging around with authentic people people. you can just feel it you can it's like musicians and artists Mm. like um musicians especially and when they're actually playing music yeah they're so authentic yeah not so much off stage or outside of that space like i like that's debatable (laughs) but um when when you see people actually performing their magic it's a skill oh my god like i just in i'm in love with anyone in that state of time and space it's just it's such a beautiful thing yeah so as you start, like that would be probably my one piece of advice, I guess, to people that if if you're going to be going down that spiritual journey and embracing that and making it a part of who you are and it's not a conversations piece at that point, it's just who you are, then a lot of the time it's not other spiritual people that you really need to be looking for in that new town. It's just people who are authentic. Yeah. And you'll feel it because, because they'll be real. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll tell you how it is. There'll be no fake nothing. There'll be, it, it's that high vibe life yeah. and yeah. and authenticity is an above average kind of existence. And calling it, but not calling it from a place of trying to bring you know the other person down. Just keeping Correct. them real. Yeah, 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 keeping each other on track for mm-hmm. no other reason. Mm-hmm. It's just you get what you get. Yeah, like what you see is what you get. Yeah, and there there's no airs or graces. I love that. Yeah. I think it's because I'm a lazy bitch though too. It's like why bother being any other way? Like just just, just do you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw this thing on Facebook because um, I was advertised. I'm not on Facebook for myself. Like yes. I have a Facebook page but I'm never on there. But yeah. I needed to find a dog groomer for Dash. <laughs> and so I went on to trusty old Facebook and I was like, hello, friends. Yeah. Um, but um, while I was on there, I saw a post that said um, – you know, one of those ones where it's like a, um, how high maintenance are you? And and then it's sort of like, if it had like a list of say 15 things and there was a point points for each of those things. And so if you were someone who got your, um, your eyelashes done, your nails done, your lips done, like all those things, then you had points. And so the, the higher the points, the higher maintenance you were, the lower the quiz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you have time to do that? (laughs) Oh, because I was, replying to someone and waiting for someone to reply back so I just saw it sitting there yeah and I think like I love that I don't know but it could have probably added up to about 80 or so I don't know (laughs) I don't know but I got a two (laughs) (laughs) I got a two from that list and I was just like yep (laughs) but I'm not saying high maintenance isn't authentic I'm not that's not what I'm saying no no but it's just really funny how, like, you go on to the – and, again, I'm not judging. This is going to sound so fucking judgy as I'm saying it. I'm realising that I'm kind of putting – I'm digging a hole for myself here, but I'm not meaning to. But, like, those quizzes are on Facebook mm. that that tell you how high maintenance you are. Yeah. 
Like, what? But what do you wait that? Like, you did it for a bit of fun while you're waiting for something, but for someone else to go on there and for that then to go, this is And me. then <laughs> to look into the comments, though, and almost oh, see people be proud of the fact that they were high up there. Okay. I wasn't proud. Like I have, I am very indifferent about the fact that I got a two. You're, like I really don't. Tickled. I would have put you higher than two, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, like from the things that were on that list, I was a two. Wow. And that's because I get a pedicure. <laughs> oh, I want to go today. I don't know if I have time. Speak. I could have been higher if there were other things on there. Like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, like I'm like 85% gray. So yes, I dye my hair blonde. Yeah. But that wasn't on there. Really? Yeah. And I don't think that grey and dyeing your hair is high maintenance. I think that's more of a self thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't call that high maintenance. No, that's true. Um, What was on there? uh, Now I'm asking you to remember things. Lips, like lip fillers, um, eyelash extensions, hair extensions, um, high stilettos every day kind of thing. Um, more than 20 pairs of shoes in their cupboard, more than 10 handbags, like those kinds of things. Got you. And that's not me. I mean, I don't care if it is you. Like, yeah. I, I'm indifferent. I don't yeah. mind. Go you. Go you. Can we have a lend? Are we the same size? Correct. Lens. Can we do a wardrobe swap? Open the shop. I will tag you. Yes. <laughs> tag us. Yeah. We'll be in touch. I have somewhere to go this Friday night that I need a new outfit for. <laughs> same, but yeah. for Saturday. Uh, yeah. Anyhow. Anyway. Um, but... Sometimes the the ones that are the most authentic, you would never know. And so people vibrate. Yep. And sometimes the realest people are the ones that you would never, ever pick. Um, so but you I know also, it when you're with them. You do. Yeah. So I have no preconceived ideas. I have no presumptions. I mean, the person that I'm, apart, aside from my husband and you and the obvious people, the person who I am the closest to is my grandfather who is like nearly 90 you know and I have a client who years ago just walked into my door for a session after he lost his mum and he became a beautiful friend and he's like 60 beautiful you know like I have no like it's a costume and it's just a way to express yourself sometimes but people vibrate whether they're spiritual or not I love how you brought that point up you know you can be completely authentic and not be spiritual correct there comes a time where you in anyone's life where you might lean into it more times than others when you're going through crisis yeah for example but people aren't always you know all in no people are like because that makes no difference yeah because like I mean I'm going to be going to Shannon's thing on Mm -hmm. next week yeah um but I couldn't tell you the last time I went was hers yeah but the time before that I couldn't tell you the last time I did something like that yeah. So, like, just because you're a spiritual person, spiritual, it doesn't mean that you have to go and find your friends at yeah. these spiritual retreats yeah. and, no. you know, sound baths and yeah. yoga and meditation. You know, most of the people sitting in that room aren't spiritual and aren't authentic. Yeah. You know, like, you, they don't go hand in hand. Yeah, suss it out, feel mm. it out. If you love it, love it. If you don't love it, it doesn't mean that you're any more or less. So no. Just know that you do you when you do what feels right for you. Yep. And, um, and enjoy it along the way. Yeah. Play and have fun. And these things are there to support us in the times we need that. Yeah. And to exactly. hold us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some people are private practice and some people are public practice. And that's cool yeah. too. Like yeah. Matt, for example, my Matt, you know, he does the med- making meditation mainstream. Yeah. And, you know, I don't like it. 
<laughs> because yeah. at the end of it, I don't like sharing. Yeah, it's not your jam. I'm not a sharer. Mm. But so many people there do, and I think that's in beautiful. That You're not a sharer in that way. Yeah, not in that way. You share in this way. Yeah, but not it's in different. that way. Yeah. 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 And I think it's beautiful that that's all yeah. there. Mm. But those people do not make spiritual and spiritual does not make those people. Yeah. Like it's really fuck all to do with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess looking for authenticity. Yeah. Is what you're looking for. Yeah. Um not necessarily thinking that all your buddies and your new friends in your new town after it's all gone quiet with your old ones need to be all spiritually inclined or into the practices and those kinds of things because quite often we're not. No, just that authenticity like you were saying. Yep, just real people that let you Mm -hmm. be you Mm -hmm. and and love to watch you with a big smile and cheer you on and they're the above average people. And, you know, build and use and try different spiritual tools and see what suits you. And be discerning with it, like what you were saying earlier on, just just because you're experiencing and developing and finding out all these new things, it doesn't mean you have to go sprouting it everywhere. It's the inner work. It's the yeah. reflective work and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that wind it up nicely? It does, I think. Final words. <laughs> we always do this. We end around an hour or then we find something else to say for another half an hour. <laughs> Not today. Sounds like we're done. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode. We hope you are all well and you're happy. Yeah, and for those of you who are in the RIV membership, yes, uh, we have our first live next Thursday night, the 29th. 29th. Yeah. Yep. In the membership on the network. Nice. Yeah, so it's not so too late to join. Like tomorrow when this goes out. Oh. Yeah. Wowza. Wowza. Woohoo. <laughs> so if you haven't joined, join because yep. you can still get in for tomorrow. Okay, great. Next so week. You can... <laughs> What's the cutoff before? First of May. Like time wise before it starts. Before what starts? Well, this will go to air on Wednesday. Yep, the 28th. And then. And then our live is the 29th. So how. Like, right up until that day. Oh, right up until. Yep. Yep. Cool. You can join that day. Nice. Yep. And at the moment, you can join up and be a foundation member and get your first two months free. Oh. But that two-month special thing ends uh, on the 1st of May. So after that, you have to pay straight up. Yeah. Okay. Cool bananas. Cool bananas. Like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Share. <laughs> yeah. Share. 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 <laughs> we next. love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospodcast.